0: Glenn and Shelby are recovering from COVID. Glenn is actually hospitalized as this show goes live the first week of November 2021, and he could really use your prayers. So this week we're airing a timely encore, an interview with Furfall, who lived through hyperinflation in the Argentinian collapse of 2001. This show originally aired in December 2020, but listen for how familiar the early signs of a collapse have become. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0, with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready, Prepping 2.0, coming in three, two, one.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Prepping 2.0. This is Shelby Gallagher, joined by my co-host and life and co-host on this show, Glenn Tate. Hello, Glenn.
2: Hello, hello, Shelby. It's video, it's cool.
1: Which is why I'm a little muffled because we're video. So I've got my face covered because I'm so afraid of COVID. Not true. But nah, anyway.
2: Stalkers. She's exactly. afraid of stalkers. And she has good reason to, because if you don't mind me saying I'm biased, she's my yeah. wife. There's a lot of beauty <laughs> under that mask. Being honest with you. It's just like being... it makes sense. <laughs> well i wanted to welcome fairfall otherwise known as fernando um fairfall by the way comes from the first three letters of fernando and then the last letters fal of the battle rifle the right arm of freedom <laughs> 308 battle rifle which right. is used by argentinian forces if i recall yeah. and so that's where the name comes we'll call him fernando fairfall because we're so tight with him we just call him nicknames and real names back. fernando
3: back. is is just fine <laughs> okay no Fernando. Good, good, good. there we
2: go um Guys, he lived through Argentina in the 2000 era, meaning the year 2000 and the collapse there. And he's lived through what quite honestly is coming to the United States. And you can write all the fiction you want. You can have all the army survival manuals you want. And what you need is somebody who's lived through it and written about it. He has some nonfiction books that are must-reads. They absolutely are must-reads, again, The living through it part one of them is surviving the economic collapse um links will be in the show notes here on prepping 2.0 and also he wrote street survival skills and he has a really cool youtube channel called the modern survivalist and this video now pete prepping 2.0 listeners on the radio and on the podcast are hearing the audio portion of this the video with shelby and i backstage doing the recording and fernando um, being on here will play on the modern survivalist so i highly recommend that for a variety of reasons you subscribe to the modern survivalist fernando has had uh for several weeks now matt bracken on every saturday And those shows are about two hours long. I download those. And when I go on long drives, I listen to every single one of them. They are gold, absolute gold. So you're doing yourself a favor by being on his YouTube channel. And then finally, this is now uh, focused on Prepping 2.0 listeners. And I should pause and mention, for those of you um, watching on The Modern Survivalist, Prepping 2.0 is at prepping2-0.com, prepping2-0.com. All the shows are there. We have regular shows. And then we have after shows for our Patreon supporters. And I mentioned that because we're going to ask Patreons get to ask questions of our guests. How cool is that to ask Fernando a question? And uh, they've asked 17 questions. And so we'll be going over those in the after show. But you can get all that by watching this on the Modern Survivalist kind of an incentive there. So, there's that. So, as usual, we're going to jump straight into uh, Fernando in just a moment. But as usual, we always start off with the list of the hundred things that go the quickest in a collapse. And this is, I mean, I'm sure Fernando could say, yep, 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 yep. Those are all things to do. And Shelby's going to start us off with this week's top 100 things. What is that, Shelby? We
1: are on number 88 we're almost to the end of the list so i encourage folks if you want to know where this list is because these days it's a shopping list um and it was put together i always say this by the folks who survived the bosnian collapse in the 90s it's interesting talking to furfall about this because i'm like I, I wonder if you've ever seen this list but we're on number 88 number 88 is gloves all kinds of gloves working warming gardening anything that will protect your hands gloves we have a, a crud ton of gloves, and I feel like we need to get a few more now that I've seen that on the mm. list. So, encourage you to go to find that list. It's on our website, prepping2-0.com, on the kind of the right-hand lower part. It's a shopping list these days, so go check that out. So, let's get into it, though, Glenn. Yeah,
2: let's just jump into it. Um, Fernando, thank you for being here. I'm just going to ask you an open-ended question, and this is Fernando's story hour, so please just go with it. We have a hard break. Oh, that's another thing for listeners of the modern survivalists that you may not be used to. We put our show on radio stations, terrestrial radio stations in the United States. And so we have hard breaks. So in about 20 some minutes, we'll say, sorry, Fernando, we have to go to a break and then we'll go to a break. So please understand that. So, but it's free flowing Fernando. Let me just start off with this. How did Argentina collapse and when did it collapse?
3: man yeah that's that's a pretty um look it's it's been different um stages i mean I, I wrote about the 2001 collapse when uh argentina defaulted on its national debt i think it was 132 billion at the time it was, it was the largest default of a of a national debt uh, but the, the country had been struggling in in different stages before that uh, during the 80s it, it already had seen hyperinflation so it wasn't uh, a stranger to that type of thing, but um, 2001 was a moment in which the, the the country defaulted on its national debt, unemployment skyrocketed. I think it was like 25, percent give or take. It was pretty. It was impossibly high, and inflation started destroying people's savings. And of course, banks closed their doors and left people without anything, without any of their money.
2: Yeah, and so it was a default. It was a financial collapse, yeah. um, were there political things going on that sort of made it worse?
3: Yeah. And I think that unlike because a lot of people are watching this right now and thinking of current events in the United States, of course, how could you not? And um, I think that the worst came after that in terms of, of the political uh, left wing um, extremism that we saw after 2001, because everyone being so desperate, they were looking for desperate solutions and anything sounded good at that time. So it took a a very strong left uh, wing turn from 2001 on forward.
2: Yeah. And and later on, we're going to talk about parallels between Argentina and the US. But give us an idea like a day in the life of Fernando. By the way, roughly how old were you when all this happened?
3: Man, I was just getting married. I think I was like 2022, give or take. I don't remember exactly, but I was just getting married. It was not the perfect time for that. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that was interesting.
2: So Here you are in the prime of your life. You got your whole life ahead of you. You've grown up in Argentina. One thing a lot of people in America may not understand about Argentina, and please fill in on this, Fernando, because you live there and, and I haven't, but everyone might think oh argentina's in south america it's got to be a train wreck like say you know uh central america or something like that argentina especially in the 80s 90s and up until about 2000 was a prosperous peaceful wonderful wonderful place please fill in like what was like like before the collapse and then spend (laughs) a lot of time talking about what life was like after the collapse like what did tomatoes cost and talk about gangsters and all that kind of stuff
3: Look, it, it was 80s, 90s. Argentina always struggled with, with a poor economy, but culturally speaking, it was a it was a, a very good place economically as well. People, I, There was a very strong, very clear middle class. You know what I mean? I mean, I live in the United States. So I know how to compare both. And I mean, being a kid, I remember I, because I lived in in U.S. when I was when I was little and my folks, my, my, my father works in in. In banking, back in the day, and we were living in in Boston, so we were even when we went back to Argentina. We were thinking about going back, and I remember the conversation of, "Well, it would be nice to go back back to the states, but we wouldn't be making as much money as we're making here." So the average, and you know, this is. Just the way it is. The average manager, like a, like an executive, you would be making more money in Argentina than in the United States. Your, your standard of living, in many cases, would be better. Um, and that was pretty, I mean, there was still a very clear level of uh, poverty, was a very, very much real poverty in Argentina. But for the, the middle class, it was like you were just saying, it was like the exemption to what most of Latin America is. Uh, it wouldn't compare to Mexico. It wouldn't compare to anything else. It was just um, a, a different place. You had a, a lot better education, uh, job opportunities. The, the cultural um, scenario was completely different. Buenos Aires is a very large. I mean, till this day, people go to Buenos Aires and they, hey, this, this is a pretty decent large city, you know. Um, and it wasn't as dangerous, even. There was always crime and and such. But in many cases, it was safer than many of some of the more dangerous cities in the United States. So you'd be living safer. You had a good quality of life. Why would you back in those days, if that's where you live, where you had your family, why would you go to America? Just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Of course, that changed a lot after 2001. Um, And it changed by, I mean, the easiest way to explain this, it would be, imagine if right now you go to Walmart and everything costs three times as much and you're not making three times as much money or you're even lost your job. So you have a hundred bucks and now you're buying like four bottles of Coke with that. You know, it's that kind of thing. How would you deal with that? And a lot of people just did it. Guess that's the best way to explain it.
2: One other thing about Argentina and you can go ahead and laugh everybody if you want. In the sixth grade, I wrote a report on Uruguay and and I I remember, and they're obviously different countries. I remember they would say, well, over in Argentina, X, Y, and Z, and I was like, Argentina sounds pretty cool. It was supposed to be on <laughs> Uruguay, but I ended up learning a lot about Argentina. It's it's a big country. Um, there are a lot of rural areas. You guys have, and there's a word for it, forgive, forgive me for not remembering it from the sixth grade, but basically you guys have cowboys. I mean, you have ranches and stuff, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a, a lot. Uh, it's Because a lot of it is, is very much flat and it's like, like ideal for cattle and that sort of thing. So there, there's, and it's a very large, I think it's like this, I mean, it's not United States, but I think it's like seventh or eighth largest country in the planet. So it's a big place and you have ideal weather for, for growing, you know, for, for food production. Um, It it makes food, I still makes food for 10, 10, times its own population. So it's a, it's a country that should be doing, and of course, natural resources, you have jungles up North, you have deserts to the West. I mean you, you have glaciers to the south, forests, you have pretty much anything that you could think of in terms of natural resources, but it's just the, the people that <laughs> that ruin it. And Uruguay is like the little brother of Argentina. Sometimes they get angry because it used to be one of the it used to be another province oh. of Argentina. So it, it kind of gained its you know, independence where, I think it was when, when fighting Brazil at some point, but the connection is very much, it's like brother country, you know, they're very close.
2: Yeah, and I, I bring all this up because I want people to know that what happened in Argentina is not, it didn't happen on the moon. I mean, it's not, yeah. abs, it, there are so many parallels to the United States. This is one of the reasons I find Argentina and, and Fernando's books, so great is because it's a glimpse into kind of quasi-America. Things are going well, things are functioning well, prosperous, cowboys for goodness sakes. It began with a G, Fairfall. What is the name, you guys? It's like a-
3: Gauchos. Gauchos, Gauchos. that's what
2: it is, (laughs) thank you. They have hats that are, anyway, it doesn't matter. This isn't the uh, cowboy hat show. This is prepping 2.0 and the modern survivalist. (laughs) But um, so there you have it, life is good and And then what happens and describe what stuff costs, describe crimes you've described in the past, the, um, flea markets or the trading posts and, and that sort of thing. And I'm going to be honest, uh, I've never actually had an opportunity to thank you about this, uh, listening to you on Jack Spearco's show and, and reading the books, uh, one book at the time. I think I got a lot of ideas for my book series, 299 days, which, um, I guess modern survivalist, um, viewers may or may not know about. It's a ten book novel series. It's been very popular to my great surprise. And um, some of the stuff in there, some of the scenes and some of the conditions, you know, are straight up out of Fernando's descriptions of things. So I want to give you a lot of credit for giving me ideas that I couldn't have had having not lived in Argentina. So anyway, what was life like when stuff was falling apart? And um, especially talk about how the rural areas may not be as safe as people think.
3: Sure. Well, it's, I just did it for my, because I have a Spanish channel as well, which to my surprise, it has 150,000 followers. It's doing great really. Um, And I find that people are are very much into this uh, sort of thing, in Spanish as well, for a Spanish community. And I just did a video in my Spanish channel of how they went after a guy, 72-year-old man, that lives pretty much in the country. You see the farm, you know, you see farmland right in front of him. And, you know, farmland in Argentina is different compared to the United States because there's really nothing. It is a a very underdeveloped country to a great extent. Most of of the... People focus in Buenos Aires, Córdoba, a couple other places. But I mean, if you're in a farm in the United States, you can just drive to a Walmart. What within an hour, two hours, give or take? Would that be somewhat accurate?
2: Oh, two hours would be pretty long. Yeah, probably an hour, okay. half hour. We're All half right. hour from one, and we're in the middle of nowhere.
3: Correct. In Argentina, you could drive half a day, and you would. I mean, there's places in which if you don't have the gas for it, you you have you better have more than the famous uh, tank gas because you're not going to be making it because it's just, there's nothing. There's just desert or, you know, just field and nothing else. So you see this, this, just this last video that I I analyzed for, for my Spanish channel, there's this guy opening like the gate of his, his farm. And all of a sudden a car just drops by and, and three guys just attack him. Now he's armed and he ends up killing two of these guys and miraculously he's not shooting, he's, he's not injured. But that is a very typical thing. You're in the middle of nowhere. You think I'm so far from the city. I'm fine. No, no, you're not. You think you're fine, but and it's not going to be like roving gangs of like masses of of zombie looters or what. It is just attack teams that, that come after you. You know, it's not like a a wave because. It, it's, it's organized crime, that they're just going after you because you're in an isolated place, probably you have stuff worth stealing from you. So all of, out of nowhere, they just drop by and hit you. And many times it ends up pretty bad for those being attacked. Of course, you avoid a lot of the nasty stuff that you see in cities, but it's usually more of a, the petty crime and often very violent crime as well, because maybe you, you catch a bullet outside the bank, you know they just want to steal what you have in your pocket. But it is it is not that living in the country is this magical solution to all things crime related when a country goes to hell.
2: Yeah. And you you said something that was pretty chilling in in I forget which book. Basically, the farther away you are, when the bad guys come, there's no one to hear you scream. Yeah, that's <laughs> very tragic. And some very awful things happened on some of the, the ranches and farms out there. Um By the way, I have to ask this because it's a a key ingredient to everything. In, say, the 80s, 90s and up to 2000, what kind of gun laws did Argentina have? The reason I ask is Americans are sitting back and we have this view and I see a shotgun over your left shoulder, by the way. So you're not disarmed um, (laughs) where you are now. Um, But. The rest of the world, nobody has any guns, and so we're all different, and we don't have to worry about these kinds of things. What were the level of armament, basically? Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, one thing I'd like to point out, because it's it's usually the left in the United States that always points out towards other countries how they do things and how they want to replicate. Look, if... (laughs) This idea that everyone else is unarmed and no one has a gun outside of the United States and, and anyone in, in, in people in the United States are, are crazy because they have guns. Look at the most armed countries in the planet. You'll see that it's in Wikipedia. Look at uh, armed uh, guns per 100,000 population. The best countries in the world are always the most armed. You're going to be looking at Finland. You're going to be looking at Switzerland. Germany has a lot of guns. I mean, I have a the gun you see there in the back. In the United States, that would be a short barrel shotgun. It would require even extra paperwork. And I and bought it like any other shotgun because it doesn't matter how long the barrel is. My AR is 14 and a half inch barrel length. That would be requiring a, a, a stamp and 200 bucks, I believe, if, if I'm getting that right. Yes. So this idea that that anything else is completely unarmed. Now, what is also very interesting is that the less liberty you have, the less rights you have to have guns. So for, for example, you go to Cuba, communist country, you cannot own any type of firearm. You go to a place, some of the more dangerous places in Central America, they have awful gun laws. You cannot have anything at all. Now you mentioned Uruguay. Uruguay is one of one of the, at a point it was called like the Switzerland or Latin America. I wouldn't go as far, but it is maybe one of the safest options you have. It is very safe and it's, it's, it's pretty good in general. If if I had to pick one place in in South America, I'd probably look at Uruguay. And there's lots of people from Argentina moving to Uruguay right now because the situation in Argentina right now is very bad. Uruguay has the best gun laws in all of South America by far. Mm. So, and they recently voted, elected a right-wing conservative government. So they got their act put together, you know. Um, It's the same thing time and again. You have... um, the, the more free countries have the better gun loss. Now in, in Argentina, you could have handguns. You couldn't have like center fire, semi-automatic weapons, which it's it's kind of a, a shame, but you could have pretty decent firearms. You could have uh, like um, any kind of pistol that you wanted, lever action rifles, semi-automatic shotguns. The only thing would be ARs, AKs, those would be tougher to get.
2: Okay, so we have a couple minutes before we go into our heartbreak. Um, TMS uh, viewers, uh, it's the thing we have to do, as I mentioned, the radio breaks. So I'll start off with a question and we'll have to cut you off very unceremoniously, our apologies, but it'll get things started. So describe the day that, if it was a day, uh, describe when the country defaulted and what happened with prices and and fear and consternation and politics and all that stuff. it's like that shocking time when I'm guessing you turned on the TV and said, uh-oh, what was that like?
3: Well, we'll, we'll go back to it after the, the break, right?
2: Yeah, you, but you can get us started if you yeah,
1: want. You have like two and a half minutes, so yeah, you can cover a lot, so you're good.
3: So what, what, in terms of prices, man, that was like one day, within hours, I, I saw prices double, triple, like from not only from one day to the next, I was, I, I've told this a million times, but I was buying, a, I think it was a drill and a couple other things in a hardware store. By the time I picked it up, it was like 30 something bucks. By, by the time I was, you know, paying for it, it had doubled in price. And they had a little argument with, a, with, with a, the clerk there. We went back and we peeled off the stickers because they would just put one price on top of the other. They didn't even have, have enough time so that's to remove the old price. So that's wow. how bad it got.
2: And then, of course, t- well, talk about food prices. What was that like?
3: Food prices would depend a lot on what you were buying. If it was local, you, you usually got a little bit of a better price. But keep in mind, anything being produced is able to be sold in, a, in the international market. So the price will go up as well. Why sell it locally if I can sell it for U.S. dollar prices? So food went up as well. Um, people just ended up buying whatever they, they found the, the cheapest. That, that was basically how most people got by. It, yeah.
2: Right. And, um, and you told the story, and we only have a few more seconds. Sorry to do this. but nope,
1: and, I'll, and I'll jump in there too. Yeah, so sure.
2: Uh, you told the story about people buying things that they didn't need really, because yeah. they knew the price would go up and they might be able to trade with it. Is yeah. Did that happen?
3: Yeah, I mean, people would buy absolutely anything that they thought could retain its value. People, for example, buying a car would be a good way of saving your money because the, the car retained somewhat its value and you would be selling it for, for more money later on as the currency devaluates.
1: Wow. So let me jump in here. I, we always like to talk about our sponsors because they yeah. are amazing people. And then we'll take a quick break. we got so many more questions to ask you, Fernando. So one of our great sponsors is EMP Shield. If you go to prepping2-0.com and click on Friends and Affiliates, you'll see there's a coupon code there to get $50 off your purchase. And what's really great about EMP Shield, it will protect you and your... Um, Thing, your home, your car, from your device, from an EMP or uh, whatever that cosmic surge from the sun. So, really great folks over there. And uh, yeah, you get $50 off your purchase. So, folks, don't go away. We've got so much more to talk about with fall at the other side of the break.
0: More Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com.
2: Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. Katie Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT.
0: When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple-to-install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself and save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word.
2: You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed.
1: Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP.
2: Go to newmana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website.
1: Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com.
3: Com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com.
0: Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Glenn is actually hospitalized as this show goes live the first week of November 2021, and he could really use your prayers. This week, we're airing an encore of an interview with Furful, who survived the collapse of Argentina in 2001.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is Chevy Gallagher at Prepping 2.0 with our awesome guest today, Furfall.
2: It's furfall.blogspot.com and author of several books. And uh, we, we were talking, uh, mm-hmm. Fernando, about what stuff costs. People yeah. listening to the Prepping 2.0 show, and I'm guessing viewers of your show, we can't get enough of the yeah. examples of how prices go crazy and how the whole thing falls apart because yeah. in our minds we can really imagine this, and we need to prepare. So, you were talking about people buying things they didn't need just because it might retain value, like a car. Um, yeah, what are some more examples?
3: Look, it's. Um, I mean, over the years, I've I've learned a lot. You know, I started this with, with my own observations from from Argentina, but uh, throughout throughout these years, I've learned so much more and learned from other people in our places, like. Recently, I'm talking a lot with, especially with my Spanish channel, I'm talking a lot with people from uh, Venezuela and those guys buy food. They stock up on, I mean, a can of food is like, you know, like jewelry for them. It's like something precious because it, I mean, a a can of, this is not one of my examples, but a can of tuna in Venezuela, it costs like two bucks, two U.S. dollars. So it's more expensive than buying in the United States. And that is about the minimum wage Monthly of a guy living in Venezuela, so uh, a Venezuelan worker on minimum wage cannot afford to buy one of those cans of tuna. So imagine how precious that is. I, I didn't get to see that so bad, but I remember one price I think it was like a, a box of cornflakes that was like 11 pesos, and that would have been at that time like three or four dollars, which it's you know just a, a tiny box of, of cornflakes, uh, three bucks. Um and the same would go for many things. Anything that was imported, of course, was was impossible because the price was in, in dollars. Um, but you know, even stuff like cell phones that later on people would buy it in, in, in just a way of buying something that is not melting in your in your hands. People would try to buy, of course, US dollars. Some some folks bought gold and silver, but it wasn't as common. Most people try to save in dollars because that's the thing you can trade right away even in uh, on the street you will have folks that will accept u.s dollars instead of pesos again same thing in venezuela right now so
1: let me translate that though a little bit so can of tuna in venezuela two dollars so i'm sitting here going well you know that's not awful but the flip side of that though look at it differently though an entire month wages exactly here in america if you're making minimum wage we're talking th- a thousand plus dollars, you know, thousands of dollars to right. one can of tuna. So the value can be. It's not just that what the cost of it is; it's what it takes to earn it's, it. So
3: it's exactly, it's in relation to. I mean, everything is in relation to how much money you make. Yeah, you, you may you may be laughing about a, a can of tuna, but if that can of tuna costs uh, fifteen hundred dollars, you're not going to be laughing so much exactly. anymore. So. That imagine that's the only way in which you can wrap your head around this. Imagine if a can of tuna costs 1500 US dollars. And you mean oh, that's impossible. Well, well, no no no, it's not impossible. Those are just little pieces of pieces of paper. The can of tuna is actually a chunk of fish inside a can. The, the exactly. paper is a lot easier to print. And I mean, let's not even get into digital current money because that's not even paper. At least you have the paper to burn with 1500 bucks uh, but that's the way and that also creates a, a parallel economy in which i mean most i, I talk with people in venezuela they look we don't make that kind of money because uh, I, i'm an electrician or i'm someone with with skills and i work online and i try to get paid in dollars because i wouldn't be able to survive with the, the venezuela minimum wage no one survives in venezuela with a venezuela minimum wage you know wow. Because this goes for the people that think, okay, I'll retire, go with 100,000 US dollars and move to Venezuela and live like a king. Like in that, what, that comedy movie, Euro Trip, is it, where the guy buys a hotel for like mm-hmm. 20 cents or something like that? Th- that doesn't happen in these places because if you want to live in a nice place in Venezuela, I bet it's going to be costing 100K, 200K or more. It's just the way it is. There's just a parallel economy to the madness of the official one.
2: Talk more, if you would, about this parallel economy, because I think it's going to pretty much replace in some parts of the U.S. And I think the collapse in the U.S. will be different regionally, but that's a whole different discussion. But the parallel economy, if you could talk about barter, talk about organized crime and then what some alternative currencies are, uh, ammunition, gold, that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah. In in terms of parallel economy, well, this, as you were just saying, it depends a lot on – you know, even cultural aspects, because I would venture that lots of places in the United States, if something like that happens, I'd see silver, junk silver, gold. That would be something that most uh, preppers in the United States and even uh, right wing type of folks will easily uh, move towards if the U.S. dollar devaluates some in, in some uh, similar manner. Um, but what we would see is, well, we you mentioned barter before. Um, there were these barter clubs and these were mostly uh, an emergency resource for people that just had nothing. You know, if you don't have a job, it, you don't have a job, a year goes by where you're honestly looking for one and you're not finding it. You just go to one of, you, you would go to one of these places and say, you know, I can, you know, cut hair. You know, I, you know, that that's, that's what I do. I, I'm a barber. So I, I do that. What do you have to offer in say Okay. I'm a psychiatrist i mean this would be actual examples a psychiatrist without a job would offer a session for about an hour and usually you had these coupons like these barter club coupons that were like somewhat of a, a you know currency to some extent and if you made anything if you made clothes if you prepared food anything that you did or services you would change those in these barter clubs they uh, you know it, it's it depends a lot because usually these were things for people that had nothing else to go on. Um, it was not ideal by any means. And if you actually had money, even devaluated money, usually people would accept that more readily than any barter club, coupe or anything like that. But the, the barter club thing was, was very much real and at a time very extended. As things uh, developed, uh, eventually people uh, moved away from those. I guess you can still find them somewhere, but... They're not as common as they once used to be. Now, mm. it, 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 yeah, you're going to be asking something.
1: Yep, I am, but I'm going to jump in here. we got to give our, our awesome go. sponsors a quick shout-out. Quick shout-out to Numana Foods, talking about uh, getting prepped. If you go to, again, go to our website, go over to friends and affiliates. Numana Food deals in bulk freeze-dried food. Use the word prep at checkout, get 10% off. Great way to get stocked up on food preps so that you don't have to do bartering coupons. Another one I'm gonna give a shout out to, Backwoods Home Magazine, a quarterly magazine that does a great job letting you know how you can live off the grid, live on your land and be self-sufficient, which these days we can see will be very helpful. Use the words or the term six, the digit six off and you'll get a little discount. So I wanted to ask you this though for a fall and in, in you're in your kind of leading us into it, talk about some of the, like the flea markets, you know, town, what was that like? And, yeah. you know, the kind of the, I don't know, we would call it probably a farmer's market here, but I don't, I, I, my imagination tells me that that wasn't, that was a good place to go and yet a very bad place to go in terms of safety.
3: Yeah, usually they would have, I mean, there's different types, but the, the more typical one, they want, I, I went several times, usually you, you would find like, clothes at very decent prices some of these were counterfeit you know you know fake jeans mm-hmm. <laughs> like, counterfeit jeans and that sort of thing um they usually had their own security that w- they were very tight about it so you'd have like a couple guys with a shotgun <laughs> one and then the other very very mad max like but this was maybe going on inside like a like a big um i don't know like like one of these uh, buildings, one of these large uh, buildings that were empty, like a, 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 a former factory of some kind. So you'd have like a big room, and you'd have like you know, a, maybe a thousand square feet kind of thing, or I mean, some, something something very big. Um, and they you'd org- they'd organize this in like li- little kiosks or little desks. It, think of it like a like a gun show, you know, like mm-hmm, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but larger and with different sort of stuff. Um, it would usually be run by someone kind of shady. So the largest one, which um, this one was not a barter club, but one of these larger markets that they worked with with currency, they would uh, people could, would come from other countries to buy there and take back. So they would come from uh, Bolivia or some of the na- some of the neighboring countries and and come to some, the largest one. That was in Buenos Aires and you know st- stock up on and buy like a truck full of clothes or, or products or whatever and take it back home for selling and um, so they, they would have their own security and and yet they were dangerous too because every once in a while there were internal affairs there that were resolved uh, pretty violently at times
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah and you've you yeah I talk- guess
3: that would be the best way of
2: Yeah, absolutely. You talk about in your Street Survival Skills book about how to act and how not to act um, around, you know, town, basically, to make yourself less of a target and everything. Talk about that, because that seems like a pretty practical skill that Americans are going to need to be using here pretty soon
1: well and i'm going to jump in here i think since to some degree and i know you've talked extensively extensively to matt bracken about the violence the antifa the blm violence on the streets i think yeah. and you and you just talked about the 72 year old man on the farm i think this is skills that one people need now here in america what are your thoughts yeah
3: yeah well it's it's complex like these things usually are because on one hand maybe you want to be you want to be politically active you want to make your voice heard and that is not only very legitimate but it's also necessary in many cases to make your voice heard and be out there and be visible and explain that you know make it obvious that you're not being fooled and you, you want to be um, taking a, a stance at some point at the same time that is something that can be dangerous so uh, you may be attacked because you're wearing a, a hat that is not you know, affiliated with or exactly. So any little thing that kind of says you're right wing, you're left wing, you may end up getting attacked because of that. So if you just want to be the, the famous gray man or, or gray woman, you just have nothing that, that shows your affiliation with anything and you're just like a, a blur in the, in the mass. So maybe at some point you want to be that, maybe at some point you want to have a, a flag and be in a rally or in a protest or whatever and make your your opinion heard, which is, of course, you know, it's, these days, everything is political. Even wearing a mask is a political statement at, at some point. Um, you know, if you're wearing a mask, you're, <laughs> you know, um, but... You, you have to understand that there's different, there's a time for everything. And mm-hmm. there's a time where you may not want to be targeted by lunatics, you know. Yeah. That's the point in which you try to stay away from that. But also, you know, another trick of all of this is right now, right now people are thinking political. Right now in America, people are, political is the only thing in people's minds right now. But there's gonna be an afterwards in which there's maybe gonna be people that don't care about any of that, and they're just gonna be coming after you because you have money, because you may have a nice truck, because they think you have a nice place, and you have stuff worth stealing, and you're gonna be attacked because of that sort of thing. So if I'm wearing like um, you know clothes of a certain brand that are more expensive, a watch that looks a little bit more, uh, even I mean, even if I have. Uh, in an open carry state, I have a gun and I look at the gun and I, because I know firearms, I can see a thousand dollar gun in someone's hip. If I'm a criminal, I'm not only thinking he has a gun, I'm thinking that guy has money because he has a thousand dollar gun or a two thousand dollar gun. You know what I mean? And, and people think, oh, I, I, you know, I'm cool. I, I'm OK because I, I'm packing. Well, dude, you're packing something that says a lot about your your social economic status. And maybe that's not something you want would be revealing. Um for women it may be jewelry, for, for guys and women in general it may be watches. But these guys are so good at this, they narrow down even your shoes or, or the pants you're wearing or the jacket. So that's the kind of thing you want to be careful about. Hmm.
2: Fernando, we're going to take a quick break and I'm going to mention some sponsors. We're going to stay on and everything like that. I wanted to mention Katie Armour, C-A-T-I, Armour, which stands for Come and Take It, Armour. They were a sponsor. They haven't been for a while. Here's what happened, a short story. Um, they were selling so much body armor, probably because they were on Prepping 2.0, that uh they were backlogged in orders and they weren't taking care of some of our listeners. So we had a little pause. We put a little pause on the uh, sponsorship. They've got their orders fulfilled now and they're ready to uh, get people out stuff in a timely manner. So they're back on the show. Katie Armour, C-A-T-I-Armour.com. Use the coupon code GRANT and you get 10% off. The last thing I want to mention, and then there won't be any more sponsor interruptions. It's not really a sponsor. We love lurkers who are the um, folks that listen to the show on our radio stations. They listen to the show on the internet and they don't become Patreons. They lurk in the shadows and they're always wondering how awesome would that after show be? And um, they wonder how great would it be? And they never know. Well, for two bucks a month, you can become a Patreon. You can stop being a lurker, come out of the shadows if you send an email to us, um, go on to the website, prepping 2 com. find out where that is. The word lurker's in it. We're going to send you a package of cool stickers and stuff to thank you for coming out of the shadows. So there we go. Um, shall we return to the question? Yeah,
1: absolutely.
2: absolutely. Here's one for you, Fernando. And this is a question we have a lot in the United States. And I want to see how this played out in Argentina. It's a sensitive topic, but it's an important one human trafficking, um, prostitution, having to kidnap, I mean, just, you know, the whole thing. Um, it's, it's international, no matter what language you're speaking, it, it happens all over the world. What was that like? Was it a big problem or a little problem in Argentina?
3: It was, and it still is uh, a very serious problem. And as you're saying, people don't know this, but people are trafficked all over the world no matter where you are. You think this is the kind of thing you, you just see and take in Taken, you know, that, that Liam Nielsen movie. That stuff happens for real. And it happens all over the world. I remember one specific uh, case in Argentina. This, this young woman, she was walking back home, and she just got snatched. You know, She she was gone. And her mother never stopped looking for her. And they, they never found her, unfortunately. But she went tracking the, all the leads from from uh, other um, women held in captivity and prostitution rigs. And she kept learning about her being moved from one place of the country to another. It's usually a lot of, of political support that they have. They have support from the local police many times. But many times it's even local politicians that support this because they are involved. They go to these places and they have dirt on them and they're not going to be speaking out. And same goes for the police many times. So it is, it's, a, it's a serious problem. And the more things degrade, the more um, you see this happening. So that goes along with, with crime, with kidnapping. With with trafficking, with with substance abuse and drug use, all of this is interconnected to how how bad things are in general. Um, It is about people that are desperate because they're out of uh, out of jobs, maybe, but it's also because of people that see the opportunity to do this as a line of work.
1: So I have a question about that because this is something that's near and dear to my heart, um, Fernando. But real quick, we have one last sponsor. promise you, Minutemen Coffee. Find them on our website, prepping 2 zero.com. Great folks over there. They're a great example of what's happening here in the United States with – some of the mainstream social media outlets who keep deplatforming people. Minutemen keep getting deplatformed on uh, Facebook. So the best place to find them is on our website. You get 15% off anyone who goes over there off your coffee order by using the term I Miss America at checkout, there's a special blend. We are drinking it right now, uh, the I Miss America blend, but you can use that code and get 15% off. Great, patriotic, awesome folks over there at Miniman Coffee. We love them. We're, we saved the best for last in terms of sponsors. Going back to you, Fernando, do you find, yes, there's human trafficking where there's people getting snatched off the street. I get that. And that happens no matter what. And it, And I think yeah. it gets worse in a collapse and you've described that. Do you find, did you find that Women prostituted themselves so they could feed themselves. I saw that. I saw that in news footage coming out of Venezuela. Did you see that happening in Argentina?
3: Man, it's such a complicated topic. I guess that some some women thought there were there was no other option. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think that it's so easy to judge what other people do unless you 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 walk in their shoes. Um, right. I think that in the case of, of Argentina, you you always you still have somewhat of an opportunity that if you don't want to end up doing something like that, you have other lines of, of making a living. Now, in places like like uh, Cuba, for example, mm-hmm. you're you're done. They're expecting that from you and you have, uh, you know, a communist regime where you you have nothing. And there's lo- lots of uh, women that are basically it's either that or or they're or they have nothing else to live on. Um, and it's, it's even expected from, from the communist uh, dictatorship that, okay, they, they can always make a living doing that, making a few bucks with the tourists, that sort of thing. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I, I would say that, that in Argentina, if you, if you had the inclination to find something else, in spite of the horrible, look, I'll give you just one example that I'm you know i'm a guy but it doesn't matter this applies to not nonetheless during some of the worst of the of the crisis um i i went out there and i found like in a couple of weeks i, I got like was like two or three solid job offers when there's been guys that were looking for jobs raw for, uh, for a year and i'm no genius i'm, I'm nothing special but what I can tell you that probably made the difference is the attitude and the can-do mentality, what they saw in me. Like, when, when actually, one of the interviewers said, you seem like the guy that w- would get stuff done. Because when I asked you about this specific software, you said you, you, said you, didn't, know you, you didn't know about it, but you made like, it doesn't matter. I'll figure it out in just no time, and I'll be using it like an expert in, in a week from now. And that's the kind of thing that a lot of uh, of people looking for for uh, workers um, look forward to. So it's a lot on how good you are yourself in making your your own future, your own way. You know.
1: Wow. Wow. So, yeah, your work ethic is what will get you through that. That's a nice, that's refreshing thought. Yes. Very good. Glenn has a question. Fernando,
2: we've been talking a lot about, and thank you for for bringing this up, a lot of what I would call mindset things. You just mentioned a great example of having a can-do attitude and, and yes, there'll be side jobs. It may not be normal jobs and everything else. Um, We have, I don't know, three, four minutes until we go into the after show for Patreons and watchers of the Modern Survivalist uh, YouTube channel. Um, when it comes down to items things what are some things that you think americans never really think that they should have going into one of these things do do we have sort of an american blind spot it's like and i'll make up an example like no one in america ever thought we'd need can openers right and then you're saying wow when we were in argentina can openers were really important because i mean what are some things maybe even that people can go out and get if they haven't already That you've learned from your experience are really, really important. Training. (laughs) Training. And know how to use (laughs) a gun properly. (laughs) You can't get that on Amazon, huh? I'm serious. Yeah, no, Uh,
3: unfortunately, no. (laughs) Unfortunately, no, but it's it's, it's the thing that I I find that lots of people think that a gun is like some kind of magic wand, and, and it's not. If you don't know how to use it, and I go back to this thing of, okay, maybe when things are not all that bad, you can't get away with pulling a gun at someone and scaring them off, or it's maybe just one guy coming after you. Look at this, this stuff that I put in my Spanish channel. It's two, three, four guys coming after you. And, you know, sometimes it's about being lucky. More often than not, it's about being good at shooting. I mean, my my instructor... My, my shooting instructor in, in Buenos Aires, he he was the, the chief of instructors for the Buenos Aires police. The guy has, you know, I, I don't even want to say how many uh, cases he, he got involved in in shootings and, and killing people in self-defense or in the line of work. But it, it happens a lot. And even for average folks that are just coming back home at night, from, from work, you know, that window of opportunity when you open the door, which has to go out or, or come back home, you get jumped and attacked by several people. And at that time, you better be good with, with a firearm. And I guess that's one of the things, lots of Americans have guns, not, not as many Americans know how to use it properly and, and take it seriously in terms of a holistic approach to knowing how to fight.
1: That is awesome. And if anyone doubts that that's what he is saying is true, ask Kyle Rittenhouse how many people yeah. jumped him. And because that yeah. young 17-year-old had some training, he defended himself. He's got to defend himself now legally, but um, he's he's at least breathing. So folks, we yeah. have to kind of wrap it up here just a little bit. We're going to go into the after show, so don't worry if you're a Patreon, um, but I always like to let... These are weird times we live in, folks, and um, I encourage you to go check out Fernando's um, YouTube channel, especially watch some of the interviews he's done with Matt Brock, and he's been a guest on this show, and in the street fighting, and the, and has things continue to unroll here in the United States, there's so many parallels that we're going to talk about that in the after show, but before we go, I always like to leave people with the inspiring, inspiring um, phrase from benjamin franklin failing to prepare is preparing to fail folks stay safe stay tuned stay vigilant have a good week
0: you've been listening to prepping 2.0 with authors glenn tate and shelby gallagher all the information you've heard today including all our previous shows is online at prepping 2-0.com